Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Today, we get the opportunity to hear from Jeff Seal. Jeff is the founder of Mind Access Life Coaching. He's got a really moving story. He had eight years of drug addiction and alcohol addiction that he went through. So he referred to it as a haze, you know, a period that he's not proud of. And, and parts of that he just doesn't even remember, it sounds like. Um, but he decided in uh, August. 2020 to that he was burned out and he decided to take ma massive action with his life. And um, he comes from a world of academia. He's got three different degrees. He's a very smart guy, very well accomplished, you know, and now he runs a life coaching business as well as a, uh, another business that we get, dive into. Um, so we talk about childhood trauma. We talk about the importance of having purpose and what really drives ambition and, and uh, you know, in, in everyone's life. And we talk about Jeff's story and his amazing turnaround and how now he's serving others, particularly millennials that may be struggling with addiction or any other type of uh, life, life challenge and hurdle. And he, we also focus a lot on entrepreneurship and his own business, how he created it, kind of what his business looks like today. And so he's a very artistic, articulate and drops a lot of knowledge. He's, he, we talk, uh, uh, there's a lot of practical tips in this one, a lot of uh, books he recommends. And, um, although it's inspiring for sure, I would say it's more on the practical side. He's, he's, um, not so much into maybe the, the meditation side of things. He's more about taking action and creating habits that, that create real change. There's a lot of value here. Investors, have you ever felt frustrated by your loan servicer, experienced challenging communication, or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S. Com. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. 
you are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have our guest with us, Jeff Xiao of Mind Access Life Coaching. Jeff, how are you doing today? Very good, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, so where are you joining us from, Jeff? So right now I'm traveling through Asia and I'm joining you from Malaysia. Awesome. So uh, it's a little bit a little bit later your time than, than it is for me. <laughs> but the, the listener doesn't really care about that, do, do they? Um, so Jeff, why don't you tell us a little about who you are today and, and your business and what you do, um, th- what you're up to these days. Yeah, so for me right now, I work as a self-employed life coach. So my main work involves coaching millennials to create a meaningful life. But also on top of that, I run my own gym wear brand. We're international. We're called Australia's Apparel. And these are the main things that I do with my life. So what does, um, dive into that a little bit more. What is, you know, what's, uh, I know you're traveling now, but what does a typical week look like for you? Normally, if I'm back home, it's I usually work from Monday to Saturday and I take Sunday off. But right now as I'm traveling, I want to see different things, different sites and all that. So it's a little bit more sporadic. So I have to be a bit flexible, especially with my Cadenly and my scheduling with my different clients. So it requires a lot of foresight, I would say, but I'm actually quite enjoying the change. Nice. And I know we're going to get into the reason that you're uh, focused on your on your primary business of uh, life coaching. So um, why don't we dive in? What's um, you know, let's jump into your backstory. I know you've been through some uh, some real adversity and um, some real some real pain that I think can be inspirational um, and educational as far as how you got through that and the lessons you pulled out of that. So let's jump jump into your backstory. Sounds good. So it all started for me when I was seventeen. I started doing drugs. I started smoking a lot of weed. And this cascaded into other things like, for example, MDMA and so on and so forth. But the main thing for me was marijuana. It cut a lot of ambition and drive out of my life. So ever since I was a young kid, always really ambitious, always wanted to serve and provide value in the world in some way. But I could never figure out how. Even though I was good at school, I never liked anything in it. So during my time as a drug addict, I was also at university. I have three degrees, which I completed. But I spent most of that time under a haze of basically just being a drug addict. Now, the main source of my pain there was basically a couple of things. One, it was the trauma I had in my childhood. I'm not going to go too far into that, but just the normal stuff, you know, in terms of like parental bullying, whatever, that sort of thing. But more than that, it was an unfulfillment. It was an unfulfillment in terms of who I was. I didn't know who I was as a person. And the more that I thought about who I was, the more depressed I could be- I would become because I didn't understand what my purpose in this world was. So I went through about eight years and I washed away all the pain and the anger and the sadness by just drinking it away, smoking it away, snorting it away, whatever you want to call it. Now, everything changed for me when in my job, so I used to work in clinical research as a project manager. And this was at the age of 25. And I realized that the work that I was doing, certain time I was liaising with people around the world and 
you know, on the surface at work, I was someone that, you know, people would come and respect. But at home, I'd be going home and doing all kinds of things, right? And that made me feel very shameful. It made me feel like I was shady. So when I got a promotion at work, I decided I was going to change everything. So my plan was to quit everything at once. Tackerly failed. So what I did was I made a step-by-step plan to quit first smoking weed, then other drugs, then cigarettes, mm. then drinking, and so on. Now, about six months after this, what I did during that six months was I had to cut a lot of people off and I had to go into silence and retreat into myself. And all I did during this time was train. I went to the gym. At the end of that year, I created something called Your Daily Purpose. And it's still an Instagram account that I kind of use uh, today. So Your Daily Purpose grew very quickly from zero to 3,000 followers in about six months. I have no idea how I did it to this day. <laughs> but what happened was when I used to put out content, which was quotes, and I used to write like my own understanding of the quote, hundreds of people would like it. And then they would message me about it. And they would say, hey, man, this quote really helped me feel good today, made me feel really positive. And a lot of good messages and questions. And I began to kind of invest more of myself into this personal development route than I was in my own workplace. Like I'd be at work instead of working, I'd be trying to create new content or like respond to these people. And I began to realize that I had a skill for it and I had talent for it. And I'd always been kind of an entrepreneur. The first business I opened was when I was 21. It was a decking and carpentry business. And we closed down after a year. But I realized that I wanted to take this further. So what I did was I quit my job and I flew across the country into Melbourne fell straight into a lockdown. But that gave me the time to focus on building my current business, Mind Access Life Coaching. And that was in the middle of 2021. And I've been going on with that ever since. And with Australia's Apparel, we launched in April of 2022. Wow, that's... Uh, that, there's a lot to unpack there. That's... Uh, that's uh, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fascinating story for sure. Uh, obviously not just a... It's, it's, your, it's your true story. It's It's fascinating. So... Um, talk to me a little bit more about kind of, you said it was about eight years of, uh, drugs and alcohol and kind of dive into that a little bit more. I mean, I, um, you know, you were just trying to cover up pain and, and, um, I mean, how would you label those, uh, those years? Haze. It was haze. nothing but a haze. So yeah. for many years, like even when I look back, I know this is really sad, but there were many years of my life, 18, 19, 20, 21. I have no idea what I did those years. Mm. Wow. Now, was and you would say, I know you said you had to, to get out of that. You kind of created some separation from some people that may have been, you know, probably a negative influence on you kind of thing. Talk to us about, I know you said you, you created a plan, that, a very step-by-step plan that was well or, organized. And talk a little bit more about kind of your approach to um, get out of that haze? So for me, something I realized was that, well, I had this book that I had I found in my bookshelf. I'd bought it a couple of years ago, but I never read it. And all of a sudden it popped out to me, so I started reading it. And for anyone that's listening, and if you're struggling with drug addiction, read this book. It's called The 50th Law by Robert Greene and 50 Cent. Until this point in time, I never realized that being sober was a requirement to achieve things in life. I thought I could always take drug addiction or alcohol with me and still go to the, go to the sky. Until I found out that 50 Cent himself, even though he used to deal drugs and he's like, you know, who he is today, he mm-hmm. doesn't drink alcohol. Mm. He fills up his alcohol bottles with water and pretends like he's drunk so he can learn from people. <laughs> That's fascinating. And, and when I read this, I've realized that, wow, okay, something needs to change in my life. That was sure. a real awakening. So then I had created this plan 
of basically quitting everything at once didn't work out. And I realized that if you have been entrenched for this long, you need to give yourself time to readapt. Mm-hmm. So for my background, it is a neuroscience, human biology, and biotech. So in neuroscience, our brain is wired a certain way. When we do something so many times, it's stuck in stone. So to unwind that, you have to change things slowly but gradually. So by mm-hmm. replacing one bad habit, for example, smoking weed every day, I'd mm-hmm. instead be going to the gym every day. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same, but it was enough to make me move away from that path and have goals. Even a small goal makes a huge difference. Sure. Wanting to gain some muscle, wanting to gain some fitness, that's enough to push you away towards a better path. Hmm. That's really good. Now, would you say that anyone who's dealing with drug addiction or alcohol addiction should take that same approach? And you kind of hinted at that, but um, what would you say to someone who maybe is addicted to drugs right now and they, they think they can quit cold turkey? Ask yourself, why do you want to quit? Because if your why for quitting isn't strong enough, it doesn't matter what you do, you go back to it. So mm-hmm. if your why isn't, for example, for yourself, your family, or future, or you just want to quit so you can see what it's like, your why has to be powerful because then you will make the steps required. Yeah, that's a really good answer. That's uh, that's that's very good. I mean, I think the how ends up being a little bit different for everyone, whether it's whether we're talking about you know getting off of drugs or anything else. Um, you know, because everyone's journey is is a little bit different. But I do think understanding your why you've hit on a couple of key things that are that are that are key, right? Is one is understanding yourself, understanding who you are, but then also understanding your why and your purpose and your ambition. And you also hit on something else that's been a common theme in our show, which is at some point, even though you took individual steps to make yourself healthier and 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 you know focused on yourself, at some point you focus on others, right? And so your purpose and your value and your ambition, and then this, these are, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a lot of our guests have said that's what really helped them get out of this difficult time and this pain and overcome addiction and different struggles is focus on serving others um, and focus on adding value to others. Um, so can you can you speak to that a little bit more? With that one, I would kind of disagree with it. Okay. And there's a reason for this. So there's something called Maslow's hierarchy. Are you familiar with it? Sure. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Hierarchy of needs. Exactly. So with the hierarchy of needs, there are four bottom needs and four top needs. So the four bottom needs include your safety and your physiological safety, right? So for example, food, water, and a home. And then on top of that comes your love and belonging and your social needs. Now, if these four are not operating and you jump all the way to the top, so when we talk about serving other people, we're talking about something called self-actualization. Because self-actualization is your awareness in this reality of who you are, that you have a purpose that you need to find. And in doing so, you want to create value for other people. And that's the top of the pyramid, transcendence. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with something and you go all the way to trying to help other people without helping yourself first, Mm -hmm. you relapse. Go back over and over again. Yeah. And the reason I say this, yeah, absolutely. No, it's I and I, I would agree with that. It's it's I think it's there's an order to it for sure, and there's a progression, um, you know. But I, but I do think at some point the focus becomes. I'm not saying you never you never <laughs> focus on yourself. You stop focusing on yourself and your own well being, your own health. But it does seem that um, eventually focusing on others and, and adding value to others and serving others only adds to that element of purpose and and um and ambition would you you agree with that Probably. nice so 
tell us a little bit more about from your personal side of things how i mean you have your two businesses now but before we get to specifics about the businesses how did you i mean how did you define how did you decide that that's the way that you wanted to serve others through your businesses how did you pick those two types of businesses it's in the same process that you were mentioning just a few seconds ago it's about serving other people with value so in terms of my coaching as i mentioned with your daily purpose instagram that made me realize that i could be a positive influence for people and until that point in my life i never thought that i could be i thought i was always a detriment so i wanted to do a business that could really help other people come out of whatever funk they were in depression anxiety and that's why i chose life coaching because it really spoke to me and when i got certified and i did all my training i realized that this is what i want to do i love working with people the second australia separa was similar it's all about embracing masculinity it's about helping men rediscover themselves and especially men who go to the gym because that's what brought me out of my hardship so basically everything i do right now jamie is based upon my own experience and also how i always wanted to provide value to other people but i just never knew how no that's really good now talk to us about the the business itself. And, and um, I know you you said you were well-respected in your career before you jumped into your business. And talk to us about that transition for the entrepreneur out there or the aspiring entrepreneur who's maybe has a job and um, maybe they're thinking about starting a business. Would you say you should approach it in a step-by-step uh, manner like you did with your getting out of your addiction and moving into your business? Or do you, should you just jump in with two feet? Or um, how how should that transition look? Depends on how you are at handling risk. So for example, if you categorically struggle with risk, then dip your feet in the water and take some slow steps. But if you enjoy risk and love running by the seat of your pants, then by all means dive straight in. But if you already have a job, and if your job is serving you in terms of helping you earn money to fund your business, then by all means, work in your job until your business is running well. But if your job is sucking away your energy, your time, and your ability to actually make your business prosperous, then perhaps it might be a good idea to reevaluate if your job is serving you or if you're serving your job. And then you can decide if working for your business full-time is something that you should pursue. That's really good. That's a well-articulated way of saying it depends, which I think is is the, just the truth. I mean, uh, you know, it's it doesn't always sell as well as you know the one the 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 one size fits all answer. Um, but the fact is, everyone's situation is different, and you've got to consider again who you are, who you want to serve, what your circumstances are, um, and and approach it from that angle. So now, tell me, tell the the listener a little bit more about kind of just starting your business how that went not not so much the services you provide but just the the business itself do you is it just you do you have a a team or you know how, what was the process like in in kind of creating your business um your life coaching business and um and how it looks the progression from then to how it looks today so starting a business is one of the most fun things you can do. It's so enjoyable because you create and you create and you're the master of it. So for when I first started coaching, because I'd spent so long working in academia, my brain was very wired to doing things in a very strategic, efficient way. Coaching is not like that, by the way. Coaching is strategic, but when you're working with people, you also have to consider a bunch of other variables. So for me, it was a very big transition, you could say. So at the very beginning, I had no idea what to do. So I finished my training, got certified, but I had started a business before, so I did all the things that they normally tell you to do. Get your website up, get your social media, all this and that, all the stuff mm-hmm. that they tell you to do. It didn't help me land a single client. Mm-hmm. I worked so hard on my website, so hard on my social media, made content for weeks, 
nothing mm. happened. I was starting to freak out mm-hmm. until I realized that business in the modern day and how it's always been is business is about people. So you have to be very clear upon who you serve, why you serve them and how you help them. And if you're not, and if you're just grabbing clients from everywhere, then it's not going to help you actually define your process of what your business is helping someone achieve. Your business sure. has to help someone do something or you know create something with their lives. Yeah. And by getting these foundations clear and finding your North Star of what you want yourself and your business to look like, it becomes a lot easier to redefine everything else to know what exactly you're targeting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You've, you've made a big decision and therefore kind of the, you know, slightly smaller decisions kind of fall into place because you've already, you've already crossed off other things. And also, I think, um, and I've come across this even as in things as simple as defining the, the listener of our podcast, right? It's, you know, if you can really narrow that down and understand who you're speaking to, you're going to be, if you have a podcast that speaks to everyone, you're really speaking to no one. And yeah. <laughs> You know, so I can say in, in my journey in, in this with this podcast, I've better defined since we started it, who I'm actually speaking to, the entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur. And we've got it at kind of spelled out uh, privately as far as, uh, you know, age and gender and that type of thing. But it really helps you speak to that individual as well. And I think you end up getting a more quality client and quality, you know, follower. Whereas if you're just out there, you know, life coaching anybody who's willing to listen to you, you're probably not going to be real successful. So um, now what does your, so so you're saying basically you you were able to better define who you're trying to serve and then how did your, your business grow from there? So my business grew once I started to do that and I started to actually talk to people. See, in the old school of business, like when I opened my first business, what was it? six seven years ago mm-hmm. you put an ad up and it's all good you get clients it just happens mm-hmm. but today there is a lot of competition and everybody's sure. using social media so you have to use social media to create quality conversations but not in the sense of just creating conversations to sell because people do that all the time sure but creating conversations as in creating a network creating a global network of people that you know from around the world and i've invested majority of my time for the last two years building up my network of people all around the globe so that if there's ever a time that someone needs something from me, I can help them. And likewise. Sure. Well, it sounds like you are focused on actually adding value, not just selling something. Um, and the other thing I want to, that comes to mind is social media. People nowadays kind of forget that the first word is social. <laughs> and that means interacting, right? That means with people, right? So I love that. You're, you're using the technology that's out there and the platforms that are out there that everyone, most people are, are on, right? But but you're using that in a targeted way and sounds like trying to build actual relationships, expand your network, add value where you can, and then eventually that value comes back to you. Um, so what does, for for your coaching business, what does, say you're not traveling, what does a typical week look like just you know as far as working with clients? So normally every single day, I have an availability time that would go from 9 a.m. to about 7 p.m. And people would just book into my calendar. So usually on a normal day, I would have three to four appointments, whether it's clients or talking to someone or having a networking call, whatever it is, they're always talking to someone every day. And this is every single day. But when I'm not doing calls is when my most important work happens. Hmm. Because you see, a lot of the time we focus so heavily upon clients and we focus so heavily upon I'm going to make more money from a client. But I look at it as the other way around because the time that you don't have clients, you can focus heavily on the deep work. How are you going to improve your business? What content are you going to create? 
what other structures and systems are you going to do to support other people? How are you going to create different ventures? Are you happy with where you are? You've got to be considering all of that. And the downtime between appointments is usually when I'm at my busiest. My brain is always working at a frantic pace. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I've, I've read the uh, Cal Newport's book, uh, Deep Work. And then um, there's another one he wrote about a world... Uh, a world beyond email or something like that. But, um, and then there, a third book I read, which is about um, scheduling um, structured thinking time, which I haven't fully implemented, but um, it, it really gets to the point of what you're, what you're talking about, which is respecting that time and, and um, blocking off that time to create space for yourself um, for that strategic and, and deep thinking. Um, so now what's the kind of for your, for your life coaching business, what does the, uh, typical, your typical client look like you, you mentioned mostly millennial men. Is that, is that true? It's not always men. Sometimes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So what's, uh, you know, what type of issues are they potentially dealing with or how, how have you found that you've been able to serve people in that business? Ironically, every single client that I've had has wanted to become an entrepreneur. Okay. Which, which makes me think I should probably niche down even more because all <laughs> of my clients have either been in a job or been without a job and have just been stuck and they hate where they are. Sure. But they all have an idea. They all have an idea that they want to do something that they're passionate about, but they just don't believe they can get there. So here's what we do. We unpack everything. We get very clear on their vision. What is it exactly you want from life? Mm-hmm. So clearly that you know, okay, this is what I'm going for. I'm not going to change my mind. This is what I want. Yeah. Now, the next thing we do is we look at all the obstacles. Self-belief is one, but there's many more. There's trauma. You know, there's confidence. There's not an understanding of that they're good enough. Imposter syndrome, it's, it's endless. And we dive through all of this. Mm-hmm. And once it's all out of the way, and it can't, not, not going to be all out of the way, but majority of it's out of the way, we take everything we've learned and we refine it into a strategy. And the strategy works like this. We go all the way into the future, about two to three years. Any more than that, it's kind of a bit difficult because you know things change. And sure. we reverse engineer the whole process to daily actionable steps. And similarly to how before you were talking about scheduling time with yourself, what I do with my clients, I show them exactly how to turn their big goals and their vision into daily actions that you schedule for yourself to work on so that you actually make progress every single day. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, James Clear is coming to mind as far as habits and that kind of thing. Um, so, and, and you know, they're both critical is you need your goals you need to understand what your north star is where you're where you're actually headed um but the reality is you're not going to get there if you don't have daily habits like you're talking about um so i love it so um i've got a few a few questions for you here what's one of your biggest uh failures or regrets or something that you'd like to have a do-over with yeah, actually, this is funny. I was talking about it to a good friend yesterday. Um, one of my biggest regrets was not becoming a doctor. Like, I had spent so much of my time um, aiming to be a doctor, but here's the self-sabotage cycle I used to always do, right? Every time I had the medical exam, I would always get drunk or stoned the night before, every single time. Wow. And I did the medical exam three times, but I didn't necessarily study super hard either. I studied for about a month beforehand, but I'd always sabotage myself. And this is when I was much younger. And tell me, so why do you think that was? I mean, it wasn't just out of boredom because you needed something to do that night, right? It was fear that I wasn't going to make it anyway, so I had an excuse. Got it. And you did that uh, three separate times, you said? Three years in a row. I mean, are you going to go back and, and try that path or or, uh, or no? <laughs> I won't be doing it because when I worked in clinical research, my job was to work with the top specialists around the world and in Perth. And I used to 
always look at them put them on a pedestal because i was like wow this is like my dream but mm-hmm. when i used to work with all these specialists like the kidney the heart whatever it is mm-hmm. i realized that it's not what i thought it was mm. all the time i thought of it as a glorified role and, you know you could help other people but when i see these specialists they work yeah. hard man they work sure. 12 16 hour days at the hospital and they're struggling in their own personal lives in sure, a real sure. deep manner. Yeah. Well, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And, and, um, you know, so I, I'm, I do believe your, your path is going to work out the way it should. And, uh, the other thing you mentioned is the specialization. I mean, that's something with our, at least with our medical system is unfortunately there just aren't enough. This is my opinion, but aren't, aren't enough kind of holistic and, and, uh, you know, medical professionals who approach everything together, meaning mind, body, soul, you know, however you want to frame it, but everything's compartmented and those specialists don't, don't often talk to each other. So that's a huge, uh, huge issue in the U S for sure. Um, so if you could go back and give your 18 year old self some advice, what would it be? Don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and I don't mean to, to laugh. It's just, that's, that's, yeah, that's, you got that one teed up. <laughs> I've thought about it a lot. Yeah. If you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? All right. This is a good one. What I would do is I would give all my family, like my immediate family, $1 million. Go do whatever you want. That's your fortune you can create. For the remaining $6 million, what I would do is I would invest $5 million of that. And then I would keep $500,000 for myself to go and travel or spend or buy some investment, whatever it is. And for the remaining $500,000, I give it to three charities of my choice. Wow. And for the listener out there, I, I did not prepare Jeff for that question. <laughs> you, even, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, if you had to r- write one book this year, what would it be about? It would be the story of how you can achieve things in your life if you really just focus on what you want. And I know that might sound cliche, but focus to the point of where you stop doubting yourself. Focus to only do what you do and even... If you make it or you don't make it, at least you focus on a period and you learned. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's really good. Um, speaking of your business, either one of your businesses, what's one uh, one issue or challenge that you're dealing with right now? Right now, with uh, my clothing brand, is a bit of an issue with our supplier. So we're going back and forth and they've discontinued some of our lines. So actually today, I just finished producing some of our new lines, which is going to be some new gym wear singlets and tank tops. So that's a whole process because we've got to do photography and all this kind of thing, but it's all part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. There's always, I mean, that's, that's what business, small business and entrepreneurship is, is, is solving problems, right? There's always, always a new problem to address. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're getting into the entrepreneurial world and thinking that it's all smooth sailing, um, <laughs> it's not, uh, that's why you need a life coach, right? <laughs> um, What's a, a common myth about your field of expertise? A common myth is that life coaches are perfect. And this is something I thought I had to be at the beginning as well, because you see guys like Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and whatnot, and they portray this image of perfection, you know, like some kind of like guru. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning, I modeled my content in that sense of like, oh, I'm going to teach you guys all these things because I've integrated it. And I realized that no one cares about that. The misconception is that life coaches are people too. We have our own challenges and struggles. And I find that the more that I talk about what I've been through, the more people seem to care about what I do. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I mean, that's really what this this podcast is all about is just being authentic and genuine about 
we all have problems, we all have struggles, we all have shortcomings. And if we can own that, um, I think we can have a more honest conversation with everyone and uh, with those going through similar similar challenges. So I love it. And I, th- I do think the world craves, especially right now, authenticity. And, um, you know, people have kind of, you know, the, the, the media, we don't know who to trust, but if, if you can um, find someone who who's authentic and honest and vulnerable, I think you create that, that genuine relationship that, um, that you're speaking to. So that's, that's awesome. Um, what's, uh, in your opinion, one of the most, uh, important personality traits, uh, some that's required of someone to be successful in your industry. Authenticity. Love it. You've got to be real. Absolutely. Um, now what's one thing in your field of expertise that, maybe you see differently than most people, but it's something uh, that's, you know, a lot of people in your, in your, in your industry disagree with you on. It's my approach towards change. So a lot of the content that I put out is very different to the personal development content about change, where it's like, oh, you can do these micro steps or you can meditate to feel better. My content is about real actionable steps for change. Change is hard, guys. Mm-hmm. If change was easy, why would you change? So the whole point of change is to recognize it's hard, but embrace that journey. Embrace it because suffering is equal to pleasure. But if you only have pleasure, then by nature, you can't have change because you're going to remain in the same spot and that's your comfort zone. But when you do decide to change something, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But you have to be able to embrace it, but not necessarily love it, but understand that suffering for a purpose is how we create meaning in life. It's called striving. And when you strive for something, you create a good, meaningful life. It may not be easy, but you won't be regretting it. Love it. I'm going to replay that part for my my teenagers. <laughs> um, this isn't on my uh, my list here, but who do you look up to in your own industry? Who do you follow? Uh, you know, for for content yourself. Mark Manson. Okay. Yeah, I know who he is. I, I love his book, The Subtle Art of, you know, the name. Yeah. I love his content. I love the stuff he puts out because it's in depth. It's real. Like, it's not like a, the flowery kind of like you have to meditate and breath work and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, okay, shit's bad. What are we going to do about it? That's that's where I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, something like mm-hmm. that, right? <laughs> that's the one. So if you were, uh, if you had to try an occupation that's different than your current business, what would it be? I would be an entrepreneur still, but I'd be a full-time content creator because I love to coach. But the second thing I love to do the most is create artwork and write. So I do, so if you guys ever look me up on social media or whatever it is for my coaching or my gym work, I create all the graphics and all the copy. I nice. love to write and I love to create artwork. Love it. Now, um, how much time are you spending kind of on each of the two businesses? Are you spending 60% of your time on the, the coaching business um, or how does that look? So my gym wear brand takes about 10% of my time. Uh, right now it's taking a little bit more because I have to do the new lines as I mentioned, but my coaching takes up about 90% of my time because clients, uh, content creation and my newsletter, my newsletter takes a good amount of time to prepare because I have to research and write it and make it flow. Now, tell me more a little bit more about 
um, the qualifications to become a life coach? Because I'm sure there are people out there who say it's, you know, <laughs> it's not real or just some guy on the internet calls himself a life coach. Speak to why you're qualified to be a life coach. Right. So there are different qualifications in life. The first qualification is a paper qualification. I got that. So before I became a coach, I know that the coaching industry is unregulated. So there are many coaches out there who can say, I'm a coach and they don't know anything about coaching. I didn't want to be that person. So I went and got myself certified in life coaching, sociology, and neuro-linguistic programming, plus my academia background of three degrees. So I would say I'm okay in that qualification area. But the second area is life qualification. If you haven't been through any hardship or pain in your life, how could you help someone else do the same? You'd be lying to them. You have to relate to other people's problems to help them in the first place. And I think that those two are the main criteria to be a life coach. And if someone doesn't have that, should be questioning if they are correct to be your coach. That's a that's a, I'm glad I asked that question. That's that's really good. It's a really good response. I mean, you've not only are you an entrepreneur, so you can give advice to entrepreneurs on how to create a business and uh, how to add value to others, you know, and, and to um, gain clients and all the tactical parts of of opening a business and running a business. But you've also been through eight years of a haze and then set up a plan to overcome that adversity. I, I know we kind of gloss over that like it's no big deal of oh, eight years, but I mean, that that obviously there was a lot of pain and, you know, pain from prior to that time and during that time that that you went through and a lot of struggle. And, and that absolutely, I couldn't agree more, that absolutely qualifies you to speak to um, certainly that type of adversity. And also, you know, you've pulled out many lessons from that type of that adversity that you've been through. Um, so that makes a ton of sense. You've got firsthand experience with overcoming adversity, getting to abundance. Um, and like one thing I say on this show is everyone's adversity is different. Everyone's abundance is different. Um, it's not a one size fits all approach, but we all are guaranteed to face adversity. Um, and and I, I love the fact that you took a very pra- uh, strategic and intentional approach and pragmatic approach to overcoming your adversity. Um, and, and, and now you're out there adding value, being a positive influence in the world. So I, I love it. Anything you want to add to that? First of all, I want to say that was amazingly well said. <laughs> and oh, it made me think of one thing while you were speaking. It is that mountains exist to be climbed. The whole reason there are heights is that we have to scale them. And if you only stay, say, in the bottom of the mountain, you're never going to see the true view from the top. That's that's. That's awesome. It's really good. Um, I know we've mentioned a, a couple of different books. What's another book that you'd recommend for my audience? Mastery by Robert Greene. This is one of my absolute favorite books. Okay. And can, I've, I've heard of it. Um, can you speak to it a little bit more? So Mastery talks about the process of becoming very good at one specific thing in your life. And in today's world, it's all about short-term gratification. If you're bored, you can watch a TikTok or watch an Instagram reel. Mastery reverses that concept in your mind. It helps you to see how our ancestors lived, how, for example, if you wanted to be a blacksmith, you have to train for 10 years every single day to have the Mm -hmm. skill to be called a master blacksmith. 10,000 hour rule. Now, in the modern day, it's not so simple because there are so many distractions and so many different pathways. But to those that love something and want to do it, it's not always going to be easy to reach the top straight away. But if you keep working and you keep trying and you actually passionately love what you do, you're going to get there because you're going to keep getting better and better and better. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, uh, I just was listening to another podcast the other day about um, most of people who've gotten to millionaire or even 
um, you know, uh, the next level, not billionaire, but I guess seven, eight figure, eight figure um, net worth. For the most part, those people have drilled down into one one thing, one niche that they focused on over and over and over, got very good at that as opposed to diversifying into too many things, um, you know, and, and so that's, I think it's absolutely right. You've got to put in the time and into one niche and, and uh, add value in that one area and then eventually comes back to you. So I love it. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? No, I think I'm all good. Awesome, Jeff. So where can our listeners find you online? So you guys can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, on my website. I have a weekly news, sorry, I have a fortnightly newsletter. Uh, recently changed that because I wanted to put more quality in. So fortnightly newsletter. And I also have a free book you guys can download. That's awesome. What's uh, What's the title of the book? So the book's called The Visionary. Love it. What it is, it's just a guide. So half of it is a book that you can read through to understand your situation. And the other half is an actual guide that you can use and deconstruct where you're at and where you want to be. And it gives you all the steps. Fantastic. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're traveling. You've got uh, plenty of other things you need to be doing. So we really do appreciate you taking your time uh, to uh, speak to us. And um, I know that our listeners are going to get a ton of value from this. So thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate you having me, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And to our listener out there, we thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, and that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.